hello, everybody. My name is Megan Weaver, and welcome to Water, Wine, Time, Life, Love, and Entertainment. Today, my guest is Tanidra Howard, the very funny, the very talented, the screamer. <laughs> and not in that crazy, freaky way, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> as I'm saying screamer, it was like, screamer? Like, I thought, I mean, you're saying entertainment, so what kind of screaming is she doing? But don't worry. If you know her, then you will know what kind of screaming she's doing, but yeah. And so, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Great. Okay, yeah. People don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's kind you know, the concept of how this works. Yeah. You know, it's I'm a, new to this. Yeah. It's people can respond life. through comments, and I will tell you how that happens later on when I get that all registered and subscribed and all that fun stuff. So, get ready, because I will be taking questions, comments concerns all that jazzy things that people do when they have podcasts uh so actually i looked it up last night and did you know that today is national kazoo day how did you celebrate kazoo day today kazoo the little because that's the sound that they make i don't know if you knew that but they do it's that says kazoo kazoo and they're celebrating 164 years of playing in america you know, they say you could start celebrating on the 29th. What's today? The 20th. You have the 28th or the 29th. Or you could celebrate for the whole week. People celebrate Kazoo Week. Like in a parade? Hey, it, I just, yeah, it's just the week. I haven't had a kazoo since, God, they used to come with the little fun bags on the ice cream truck back in the day. Yeah, and it has you like the little. fun bag, you get a kazoo in there. And it's the little thing. Mm-hmm. The little thing you blow and the little paper and thing comes out. Wait, that's a kazoo? I no, no, that, but it comes, that would come in a little fun oh, bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I remember blowing, but it, I don't recall it sounding like kazoo when you blow it. I don't, I don't think it speaks. It sounded like it was like, wee. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, wee. I thought it was like, wee. Wee. I don't know. I, I don't know. But kazoo. Sound like kazoo, unless they're calling the contraption a kazoo. Yeah, the contraption itself is a well, kazoo. No. Kazoo. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. That was like. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I don't okay. think. Yeah, I don't think it says kazoo. Okay. Now, it's just now the, that the, the the contraption itself is a kazoo. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know there's, there was a national kazoo day. Yes. Yes. Well, I found that out yesterday. So for our listeners. Yeah. Find out what today is and celebrate. Today is also fun day at work day. So if you're not having fun at work, make today fun. I'm off. And I have to work. So I'm going to make it fun. I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I'm going to do something. And if someone has a problem with it, I'm like, I'm sorry. Today is ne- National Fun Day at work. Oh, you know what? I'm bringing a kazoo to work. <laughs> Where are you going to find one? I don't know. Because <laughs> around here, I don't even know if those things still exist. Party stores. I think Dollar I'll go store. to a party store and find Dollar a kazoo. Store. Nine Dollar nine store. Nine, nine, Yes, they do. We have another advocate. Uh, you guys Somebody also, else was an advocate? Well, that works or partners with the dollar store, KJ. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Her cheap chicks. Yeah, so you guys have heard that by now because this is, you know, yeah. after KJ's. I so, live there. Yeah, K, um, she has a deal that she's working with at dollar store. So, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate. I know, she'll make sure she listens to this. If you guys want the hookup, KJ has the hookup for the dollar store. If you want something, That's a shame we want a dollar store hookup. I know she doesn't really have the hookup, so make sure you don't contact KJ. She can't get stuff for you for fifty hey, cents. Yeah, we got that ninety nine cent store hookup though, so we can fifty cents. 
Maybe 50 cents, 50 cents. Cent. Or that good free 99. Free 99. She got you. She got you. So I realized tea is sipping some agua. That's her choice today. Yeah, As opposed to wine. Why is that? Why no wine? Because unfortunately my body um, has an attitude problem. So anytime I drink alcohol, I have an allergic reaction. So I break out in hives. And my tongue swells, and my lips swell, and it's just not cute. So you look like Hitch. Pretty much. When he did that whole thing. Okay. Pretty much. So I just don't drink anything. So I just have to drink water. Mm-hmm. Because the show couldn't be, you know, water, wine, or chocolate milk. It just no. had to be water or wine, so there's no chocolate milk. I mean, you could have brought some chocolate milk. I, I guessed. I mean, well, you could. I would have brought some chocolate milk for you if that was your... So what is your drink, though? I mean, obviously you can't have water all the time, you know. Well, you can have water all the time, but if you were to make a drink or buy a drink, what's your favorite beverage? Manischewitz. Mm, okay. And for some reason, Manischewitz, and those of you who don't know what Manischewitz is, Manischewitz is a, um, a, a sacrament wine, usually given in church on first Sundays or whenever you take communion. It's given to you in a little wine glass, and then you take a little cracker with it. And it's, it's a Jewish Orthodox wine, so I think it's maybe, don't quote me on this, 5% alcohol, mm, 6% okay. alcohol, whatever. And I noticed that if I drink Manischewitz, I don't break out for some reason. But any, any other wine, forget about it. Okay. So, but what, usually I'll, usually only even use that much Manischewitz, but I'll get the Blackberry Manischewitz, fill a wine glass with maybe like three ounces of Manischewitz, not a lot. And then fill the rest with pineapple juice, pineapple soda. I gave you that in Vegas, remember? Oh, yeah, I was. I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fill the rest with pineapple soda, and it's really good. And I don't break out. But that would be my drink of choice. But now I'm on Pellegrino. Oh, fancy. I just discovered Pellegrino. I know people don't kill me. I thought Pellegrino and Perrier were the same thing because Perrier tastes like, Perrier tastes like beach water. Ooh. Like it's salty. Atlantic Beach or Pacific Beach? All the beaches mm. combined. And it, it it wasn't good. So I thought they were the same. So when I actually got a bottle of Pellegrino, it's so good. So I'm on a Pellegrino tip. I have four bottles at home. I'm thinking about buying it by the case. It's good to me. I cut up some lime, put it in the bottle, and well, I'm on vacation every time I drink it. Well, that even seems healthy. She has, like, Jesus juice. So <laughs> she has the Manischewitz to it's be like closer. It's soda water. It's fancy soda water. But it tastes better than the soda water you get at the taps at a restaurant. Mm. It's really good. Because it's flavored and has all the other... Well, no, regular Pellegrino isn't flavored, but Pellegrino does have their flavor. Like, they have a blood orange flavor, and I tried to taste the blood orange yesterday at work. I bought one, too, and it was... Mm. I'm going to bring you one. I'm going to buy you one so you can taste it. Okay, so the, we need to make sure we get you back or bring blood it to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to remember, or I'll just leave it, at, I'll leave it in my office for you, but it's really good. Mm, okay, okay. So let's go ahead, and, go ahead and get to the meat of this. Let's find out, because um, we know the bulk of, or what the purpose of the podcast is to figure out how you're able to balance all three your love life or love life in general because obviously life includes more than just your love life it's everything else that puts the makeup of what makes you tick and entertainment because we all have to work and that's our passion that we that's been given to us our profession Exactly. You gotta you gotta be able to have all three and make them balance in some way or another and make it all work. So 
about you. I know, I know. You know. <laughs> really, boo? Really? Okay, so. No one heard it, okay? But my phone vibrated. In the past, I would have it on airplane mode. And today I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep it on uh, silent. And I don't even know who's calling me from some random ass area code. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Telemarketers, I don't know. But, okay, well, it's, it's silent. On that note, after all that, so tell us about love life. What is going on in your love life? You could share with who you're dating, what, you know, where you are right now. Is it like, you know, just dating everybody um, or what's I'm up with that? I'm done with my whorish ways. Um, I think it's time for me to settle down. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all the ex boards out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Hey, we, 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 we are a team. Um, no, but seriously, um, I am dating someone right now and it's going good right now. Um, he's a really great guy. He's very sweet. He's very giving. He's very loving. But this is my first situation where I'm dealing with someone who has a job where he's going to be traveling a lot mm. and not just to Florida and back, whatever. I'm talking Saudi Arabia for like three months. Oh, jeez. And then come back for maybe three or four months, then he's going to go somewhere else for two or five months. So this is my first dealing in that. So I'm, I'm just trying to see how I adjust to that. But besides that, everything is, is good. Finally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he makes me happy. I'm not looking for anything else right now. Mm. That's pretty much it. Right he, now. He's feeling that. Uh, yeah, and that, um, I need to go, like, get, just have him for this. And then, you know, some people need more than one person to, you know, accommodate every facet of their life. They need the person with the maybe the good sex, and then the person with the money, and then the person with the this. And they're mm -hmm. dating three or four or five people to get a whole full. And me, I don't have to do that with him because he's, you know, has a little bit of he has everything. Good. So I don't need anybody else. And I feel like that's how it should be. When you are in a good place with someone, you shouldn't have to, you know, have those different people to fill in those voids because at the end of the day, then that's not a serious relationship with one person. Nope. That means you're, you're dating. Yep. And that's fine to date if that's what you're both, if everyone is clear on what's, what's going, going on. on. Some people aren't clear. Some people don't make it clear. Mm -hmm. And that's when the deceiving comes in and that's when feelings get hurt and emotions run high and then... You know, eventually things will fizzle out. So always, I just have to stress, always go into a situation. If you still want to continue to date other people, let the person know. Mm -hmm. And each time I've dated someone, I've said, hey, just to let you know, you're not the only one I'm dating. And they can take that however they want. If they say, oh, well, I want someone who only wants to date one person, then thank you. Nice seeing you. But if someone goes, okay, that's fine. I understand. Then we're good to go. Simple as that. And it just makes everything so much easier. Mm -hmm. It's when you don't, it's when you don't give that information in the beginning where you have to hide things and try to lie and then try to balance your time. You don't have to do that because then they'll know in the beginning, oh, well, she did say she was dating other people. Mm -hmm. So nothing is expected. Mm -hmm. So just be honest. He said, just be honest. It's so much easier because you don't have to remember the lie you told. You don't have to not answer calls and say, oh, you know, the old, my phone died kind of thing it's it's old not not when we live in the age of external chargers yeah i don't want to hear the phone die there's there's plugs everywhere i found a plug in a public bathroom okay so no you couldn't charge the phone. that's that's true it's true but you know even with that it's work 
you know, I feel like if you're doing that, if you have all these different, different, you know, people you got going on, you got this over here, I got to figure out which lie I told this person. Now that's another thing, another reason too, you can't have balance. You will not be able to balance your love life, your personal life, and your professional life if you got too many complicated things going on in your love life. So automatically right there, if you're trying to do these three things in whatever business you're doing, if that one is already having five other people you got to deal with, Mm -hmm. that's work. And that's why you never discuss future with anybody unless you're certain that is the one. Mm-hmm. And you can tell your friends, like, oh, I'm going to marry him or oh, that's different. Because, you know, I've told you that. Yeah. <laughs> but to that person, I just say, don't discuss future and kids and houses and da 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 until you're absolutely sure. Like, it's a fun, cute conversation, but it still shouldn't be had unless you're serious because then that leads to expectations. Mm-hmm. Until it becomes something serious. Something serious. You're ready to cut the others off hard when you're dating. Usually I'm not dating more than two guys at a time. I can't handle any more than two. I can't juggle that mm-hmm. any personalities. That's the thing. So mm-hmm. just yeah, just don't discuss future. So how do you feel about dating and then being in the entertainment business? Do you feel like because obviously, like I said, it's already a lot when you have five for people that do that, then something's gonna something's gonna be hurting. If you're dating five, then you have to, you're taking away time from your personal life. You're taking away stuff from your entertainment life. But with your guy, for example, he's going to be traveling. Mm -hmm. So I guess it opens up time for you to work on professionally. Or how do you, how are you able to balance both? Well, it's, it's, it's not hard if you prioritize. And it's easy when the person knows what you're doing going in. Like, if you're dating someone in the industry, they know that auditions can be last minute. They Mm -hmm. know, you know, you tell someone you're going on set, you should be off by five, and you're not off till nine. So one of the industry knows that time goes over. So one who's not in the industry might be like, well, you told me you were rapping at five. Well, I can't control that. We went over time. So with my guy that I'm dating now, he's not in the industry, but he totally understands, and he's excited about it because he doesn't know anything about it. Mm. So he's like a... It's like when you teach a kid a new trick, they want to show everybody. So it, if, every time I say something, like today, I told him I was coming on a podcast, and he's all excited, like, oh, you're doing a radio show? Wow, good. You know, somebody in the industry would have been like, oh, okay, well, call me later. Because it doesn't excite them, because yeah. they, they know. So it, it's fun experiencing that with him and introducing all the stuff to him, because he's excited for everything I do. So mm. it's like, I find balance in that, because he's like, oh, you're doing that? Okay, well, go ahead and do it. Send me pictures. Call me later. And then, but I've dated people in the industry and they're like, oh, well, you're doing this. Oh, okay. So you might be there four or five hours. Okay. Well then forget it. And they kind of mm. pop an attitude. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't know. It's just, you just got to prioritize basically. You, you have to let them know what's important to you. And you also have to go in willing to say, you know what? I'm an actress. This is what I do. Unless you're dying in a hospital bed, I can't put you before my dream. Mm-hmm. I can't. That's true. You can be number two. Well, maybe four. Because, like, my mom and my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe number four or five. My mom. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, but you can't, I, I can't, I can't put you before my dream. If you get into a car wreck or something, okay, yeah, I'm coming mm-hmm. by your side. But other than that, you have to let them know that your dream is, your dream comes first. 
And you, and you're not wrong for doing that. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong for doing that. You're not wrong for putting your dream first at all. So that's how I balance. I just let them know my dream is always going to be first, and then I'll prioritize everything after else after that. But that's always going to be number one. What do you think about, like you said, he's always excited. Whenever it's something industry, you know, you're like, oh, I have this audition, or I'm doing this podcast. They're super excited. But what about people that you've dated that are in the industry? Do you ever get the sense that anyone's jealous? Or are they not as excited? Or they're like, oh, dang, well, let me up my game up. Or maybe I need to do something a little extra. Because, you know, if you think about when you're dating other actors, and one actor is, like, really working... And then the other one is like, dang, I haven't booked anything in a while. And here is my other half that's starting to, that's booking. Have you gotten that sense or just gotten that feeling like maybe someone, you know, they may not have said it, but it felt some sort of way. Or even if you felt it. in the industry? Yeah, dating someone in the industry. Uh, Well, thankfully enough, I've Mm -hmm. never had to go through that. No, I dated in my boyfriend history catalog i only dated one guy that was in the industry and no he wasn't like that at all okay he wasn't like that at all he was very supportive uh he pushed me to do certain things um and we did things together so no mm. and it's one of the things to where we're both in it so let's push each other mm, so mm-hmm. so i'm grateful to say that i haven't dealt with anyone like that yeah in my life yeah so no reports on it oh i just heard something hit the wall we're starting to wonder I think, well, like I said, guys, I have two dogs, and my dogs like to do strange things. So, don't mind them. Don't mind them in the background. So, we know before your boyfriend, there were others, you know, multiple, multiple, so many, so many others of her crazy, oh, oh, hey, I'm starting to say stuff that's on my mind and just came verbal. No, 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 actually, she hasn't, but um, uh, what is your worst date? Or worst, uh-oh, wait a minute. I didn't even finish the whole thing. Wait a minute, she got worst date, worst I guy. I never, ever forget this. Ooh, person, whatever. Baby, let me tell you. Mm-mm. I was, this was a, this was a double whammy date. Well, he hit me on the head twice. Not physically. Not physically, but okay. When the Lord of the Rings movie came out, mm-hmm. I'm not a Lord of the Rings kind of person. He wants to take me on a date to see Lord of the Rings. Okay, fine. It's a midnight showing. I've been old mm-hmm. since I was 22. Mm-hmm. So me going somewhere at midnight, my body's like, okay, are you crazy? What the hell is going on? You know we're supposed to be in the bed by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'll take one for the team. So we go into the movies to see Lord of the Rings. Now, he asked me if I had seen the first Lord of the Rings, and I told him no. And I have a problem with that. I don't like seeing part two of a movie if I haven't mm. seen the first part. Because I don't want to have to be in a movie asking questions, like, who is this? Why are they mad? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, and with a movie like Lord of the Rings, you should definitely have seen the first one because there's so much going on. I didn't know who those people were, blah, 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 whatever. So, we're going to the midnight showing of Lord of the Rings. Tried to pump me up full of Red Bull because in the car, Tanita's falling asleep. We get inside, oh, as we're driving, <clears throat> To the theater, he, we stopped at Seven Eleven, got a Red Bull, and how, somehow we got on the the topic of aliens. Okay, aliens. We start talk, somehow we got on the topic of aliens, outer space, or whatever. And he asked me, "Did I believe in aliens?" So I was like, eh. "I was like, not really." I was like, "It could potentially, but do I believe it a hundred percent? No." Um, and he just kind of looked. 
like, I said, your mama is ugly. He looked at me and he said, you don't believe in aliens. I said, not really. Well, what do you think about all the findings and all the books and all of this? And, you know, he's talking about the pictures of the aliens that supposedly the marks and the big cornfields and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, don't you find it funny that it's always people in the back hick woods that see aliens? Like, they only like the country, like North Dakota mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Or the Midwest, like, they never, you know, go to the farm or Staples Center. Like, they never come around us. There's always somewhere where no one can see them. And then he took a long, five-second pause, and he goes... You are the most ignorant person. He uh, called me ignorant because I don't believe in aliens. you don't believe in aliens. Yeah, and I was like, excuse you? I mean, you're just ignorant. How the hell could you not think that there are aliens? Are you really that, uh, did he call me small minded? Are you really that small minded to think that we're the only living organisms in this whole entire universe? Now, he done went from light skin to salmon pink red in the face. Like, he was angry. And I'm like, okay, let's not talk about this anymore because you're calling me names. And that's not going to apply. No. So let's just not even talk about this and change the subject. Yeah, fine, because you don't have any conversation anyway. Okay. That's that's fine. So we finally get to the theater. Of course, there's a line. We get in the line. We go in the movie. It's 1 in the morning. Well, 12.30. It's 12.30. I'm in a big, comfy chair, and it's dark. So what did I do? I fell the damn asleep. No. So he's tapping me like, wake up, wake up. You're wasting my money. I was like, I'm sorry. I said, but I'm not interested. I don't know what's going on. I'm tired. Like, you know, and I felt bad because I was like, he brought me on this date and I'm falling asleep. So in a way, I kind of felt mm -hmm. bad still. Whatever. So the movie finally ends. I can't tell you what the hell happened because I was in and out. Like, I'm nodding, like trying not to, you know, well, whatever. We get in the car, he's taking me home. He said, well, I can't, well, we're, I guess we're not going to have anything to talk about on the way home since she slept through the movie. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not usually up this late. And I was like, and secondly, I don't know what's going on in this movie. Like, I told you before you bought the tickets, I hadn't seen the first Lord of the Rings, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we get on the freeway, and um, he was saying, well, I just think it's just rude. And if you didn't want to go, you should have told me. I said, but I told you that, and you told me to open my mind, remember? And it shouldn't mm -hmm. be that hard to catch up. Remember, you told me that. They do flashbacks. Remember, you told me that. I didn't see no flashbacks. <laughs> Except for your eyelids flashing yeah, up and down. Yeah, so I didn't see no flashbacks. I said, so, but if you want, I'll give you your money back. It's, it's not a problem. Don't insult me, because I'll pull over and put your ass out. I said, baby, go right ahead. I'm born and raised in California. My mama taught me how to catch the bus at nine years old. Ain't a damn place you can drop me off, bitch, and I ain't going to know how to get home. Excuse my language. And he put me out the car. Oh, he put you out the car? He put me out the car. Shut up. Put me out the car. I took the taxi because the bus stops. Oh, I guess the stops over there, the buses stop running. They don't run that late. So I took a bus to, where did I take? Oh, not a bus, sorry. I took a taxi to another bus line that I knew that ran 24 hours. Mm. Bus line, the bus, like kind of by, by, the, by the 101. So I got the, I got the taxi. The taxi took me downtown, $36, because I didn't give a damn. And I, I get paid home. $36 to the taxi, because if I would have had him take me further, it would have been like $90. So, dropped me off downtown. I got off on Broadway and 6th, and caught the 40, and I, and I went home. Now I get home till like 4 in the morning. Man. Put me out the car, because I didn't believe in aliens, and because I fell asleep on Lord of the Rings.
That's ridiculous. So I just want to say this to anybody. Wherever you live, wherever you live, if you live in California, whatever has a bus system, I, I always tell people this because I don't have kids yet. So, But I'm just saying this. Please at least teach your child the bus route to get home because you never know when they may need it. When kids oh, yeah. become dependent on rides, it sometimes paralyzes them. You know what I'm saying? Because I've run into kids that are somewhere crying. I'm like, well, what's wrong? And, da, 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 da. and well, you, well, I don't know how to get home. And, da, da, da. so they're waiting on someone. Mm. So I, I always tell parents, and I'm thankful for that. My mom put me on the bus and was like, figure it out. Here's the street. This is where you get off. Da, 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 da. And because of that, like I said, there's nowhere anyone can drop me off mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, Orange County, wherever, and I won't know how to get home. But another thing, too, that what I would recommend, too, for me, I always have money. Yes. Whenever I go out on a date, if if it is that situation, I get kicked out of a car or I'm in the middle of somewhere and I don't have, and I don't know the bus route, I can call a cab. Mm -hmm. Or I have money on my credit card or your debit card or you have cash so that you can either pay for your meal because if someone says, hey, I'm not paying for this meal, you you have enough money to cover yourself. So always make sure you have enough to cover for your, a way for you to get home, for you to pay for your meal so you're not stealing for anything and you can get out. Yep. So that's what I did. to a grandparent's house or something. Or somebody, a way to get somewhere safe. Yeah, they might need to get away one day. And and then, and what if it works for you too? Because maybe one day you can't come get them. Mm. And they're going to have to be sitting outside after school till 3, 4, 5 o'clock. At least if they know the bus route home, they can get home and you don't have to worry about it. Because some parents get off late. and That's true. And I worked at a school, you know, we got a school at, you know, 2.45, 3 o'clock. And sometimes kids will be sitting outside till 4 because their parents aren't getting off work until Mm. 4 Mm o'clock. By that time, the kid could have been halfway home. If it's, you know, one bus. I guess some parents are nervous taking multiple buses, but... I just, I just stress, please at least teach your child the bus route at your home. Whoever lives closest to where they're at, if it's the grandmother, whoever, at least a bus route to get somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads into my next question. I skipped this other one, but I'm going to go ahead and go to this one. So if you couldn't teleport or just get yourself to magically disappear and show up at home as your superpower, <laughs> I was like, this is the perfect setup for this question. <laughs> what would you do as your superpower? Or change his mind to be a normal human being. Maybe that's one of them. I don't know. What do you mean? If I, if I couldn't... If you had a superpower, what would, what would your superpower be? And those are the first two I thought of if in I, that situation. If, if I couldn't teleport myself, my superpower, would, what superpower would I want to have? Hmm. Teleporting, that's fun, but I think... I think if I honestly had the ability to, to freeze time, to pause mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. stop time, uh, you know, I, I strategically, you know, move somebody out of their car and get in the driver's seat <laughs> and have the start time again and have them just sitting there like, oh, I thought I was driving, but did I have a car? I'm not driving anymore. There was a TV show like that when I was younger. I don't know what it was, but the girl had the that she had the power that she could freeze time. Oh. She just waved her hand and time stopped. It was a '90s show. I don't remember what the name was, but yeah, I would I would want hmm. to I would want to freeze time. And then if I couldn't freeze time, I would probably want the power to actually read people's minds. Mm-hmm. So those those would be my two superpowers if I had the opportunity. You wouldn't want to change their mind. You just want to read it. I want yeah. Because I, I want to I wouldn't want to know what they're thinking before I said anything. Like I would mm. want to know if I walk in the door and somebody's like, mm, "Here comes this girl." Mm-hmm. I want to I want to hear. I want to hear. And then you would say, mm, "Here comes this girl," and then they're like, "Oh, oh, yes, oh." Because they won't say oh. it out loud, but they're thinking. They, of so course, I'm they'll gonna, think I'm, it, I'm but they won't say it. When I walk into a room, 
Mm, mm-hmm. That would be interesting. So, before, okay, young baby Tanidra, let's go ahead and go back in time. We froze it, now we're going back. <laughs> we froze time and reversed it. We brought it back to the beginning. What was uh, your aha moment? Well, not aha moment, because that's something different. But what was your moment when you knew you wanted to do acting? Because obviously there's so many people that are not from here and we make the move, but you didn't have to really make the move because you already here. So what was it that said, okay, you know, I've done sixth grade, done middle school, now high school, and now, or I've done college. What is it that said, okay, now this is my career path? What was that moment for you? Was it something that happened? Was it maybe a show that you did? Was it someone that you saw? Or growing up, were you watching someone and that kind of said, oh, I like this, but I don't know what this is? Um, honestly, I didn't have an aha moment. It was the moment, and this came to me when I was in college. I think I was in my second year in community college. I was going to community college um, for um, childhood education with the emphasis on special needs children, deaf studies. Um, it was... I don't want to call it an aha moment, but it was just, yeah. it was just, it was just a moment to where when I was in class and I'm like, I've been through elementary, middle school, high school, and now I'm in college. And even in class doing something I love, acting is still on my mind. I would be listening to my teacher talk and writing skits in my head, not even taking notes. Mm. And I'm like, after all these years, it still never left. Even though I love working with children, I worked with children for seven years, even working with the children, I would have them doing little improv stuff to keep stroking that acting ego, even though I couldn't do it, but watching them do it still kept me happy. Mm-hmm. So when I was sitting in my child development class one day, and I was just like, I'm listening to this woman, but all I can think about is getting out of here and writing something else that has nothing to do with school. And then that was it for me. It just, it's just like, am I going to do this another five years? Just sit here and go to school? Even though, like I said, I enjoy working with children, but I was doing it because I thought it was the right thing to do. After high school, you go to college. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, but you're still thinking about this. Like you would stop doing, I would stop doing my homework and I would just be writing. Or do a monologue or something like that. And then I go back to my homework. And then there would be times where I'd even go back to my homework. Mm. <clears throat> and so I just finally was like, forget this. Like, it's, 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 I, it, one, one is not weighing the other. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't concentrate on school. And now that I have the freedom now, because in high school, I can't tell, hey, excuse me, granny. I'm like, going to class today. I'm going to go ahead and this audition. But can you pick me up? But with That's college, I finally got that freedom. Now, and I'm like, even though I was scared of what my, because at the time I was living with my grandmother. At the time, even though I felt that. I was fear. I was fearful of what my grandmother might say when dropping out of school. I finally embraced that. I'm an adult, and I don't care what she says. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard when you get that place. Like you want to tell your parents, "I'm an adult." You might say it in another room, and you put your face in the pillow. But you say, "I'm an adult, damn it!" And I'm going to do what I want. And I finally got the courage to be like, "I'm an adult, and I want to do what I want." And you can't spank me. And she lived. 
and I live. <laughs> live to this day. I, I live, and I, and, I, and I didn't go back to school the next semester. Because I finally embraced my adulthood, and it was like, I, I can do what I want. And I love school, I love children, I love signing, but I just couldn't think of nothing else. Mm. And how did she take it? She was fine with it. She called me a clown. Everybody in my family knew that I was going to be an entertainer before I actually grasped it myself. Mm-hmm. I should have my whole family on this podcast right now because they have stories I don't even remember about me running away at Disneyland and then I started playing the prices right with people on the boat. Huh? So I did that. I, some man on the bus I made friends with asking for his number when I was four years old. I don't remember that. I apparently did a Buff Puff commercial, and my mama caught me in the bathroom doing a Buff Puff commercial. I don't remember that. I don't even know what Buff Puff is. It used to be these little, these little, these little pads. They're like little pads, little exfoliator pads. Which mm, you, but it was mm. a company called Buff Puff that was, that must that. Well, that, I guess they made the best ones back then, and, it was, and my mom used to use them. And she, I guess, she caught me in the bathroom at four years old doing a Buff Puff commercial, and I was saying, "Oh yes, my skin is so." Dirty. I don't remember, but she knew that. She said, "I came out with my hand like this on my forehead." Huh. Yeah. At four. Birthed. Oh, you. Oh, you came. I remember I you out, telling me you came out the womb like this with my hands on my head, like. Oh. So everybody in my family was like, "Yeah, we knew she was crazy at a young age. We knew, you know, and it just kept on." So my family is not surprised. It just took me not wanting to think that I was going to disappoint them by dropping out of school. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So when they were like, they're like, "Oh." Okay, my grandma was like, well, you want to act? Okay. She said, well, if you're going to act, act. You need to do something. You're not just going to sit in the house. Yeah, I I think that's a good story because this is something, you know, a lot of people struggle with this. You know, a lot of people go to school because it's what you're supposed to do. You go to elementary school, you go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you have a job, and you live life, you find a man, you get married, kids, and then, and then, yeah, and that's how you do your life. And that's what our society teaches us or what our parents instill on us. That's what we're supposed to do. But in the entertainment business, it's not one plus one equals two. It's not. And you learn that in school. And yes, numerically, yes, one plus one, if you want to be literal, <laughs> does equal two. So if someone lives, yeah, so someone's like, but Megan, it does equal two. It does. But in your life, that's not how things happen, especially in the entertainment business. And if you have family, you know, that love and that support you and know that you are passionate about something, if it's not doing something that they say is the right way, that's your life. My life, yeah. So you have to tactfully tell them, you know, like she was saying, don't go to the room and be like, screw you, mom. Yeah. Like, I'm quitting school and you and dad can suck it. Don't do that because you may not live. It's a scary thing trying to grab your independence when you get to that age. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's scary to stand up to your family and be like, you know what? Because you think about, oh my God, what are they going to say? It's the first thing you do. What are they going to say? What are they going to do? And then you have to be like, well, wait, I'm 20. Mm-hmm. Technically, legally, I can do whatever I want. But will they take that news that I can do whatever I want? So that's when you stay paralyzed. Until you can, until you finally get those balls to be like, nope, I'm an adult. I'm gonna do it, and that's what you gotta do. That's the hard part: is accepting your independence, accepting that you're an adult. And also, you have to have some sort of a plan too. 
with anything. You know, if you say that, you know, entertainment is your thing. If you say, I want to be an actress. I want this to be my full-time job. I want to be a director. I want to be a producer. I want to be a casting director. I want to be a singer. I want to be a dancer. Whatever it is, great. Now that you fit, you know, now that you figure that out, you said it out loud, you've got to do something. If you don't, and I don't have kids, neither one of us have kids, but for me, I've got to know, okay, great. I'm happy. I know that you want to do something because everyone has, you know, growing up, you figure out what you want to do, but now what? You've got to have a plan. plan. You've got to have something. And granted, a lot of these plans are things you have mapped out will probably not work. I've tried it all. Honey, you know. When I first said, you know what, I'm not going back to school. I'm going to start acting. And da, da, da. I didn't even start acting. I started off with music videos. Oh, I remember you telling me. Music videos. And that opened up another can of worms where I might have to come back on the podcast at a later date. Because then that, when I started doing music videos, that opened up a lot of insecurities with me, with my skin complexion. Mm. That I didn't have before. Mm. So, yeah. Then I decided, you know what? I, I got to get out that world because I'm, I'm, I'm going to hate myself. I'm going to end up pouring Clorox all over my skin if I don't get out of this music business, this music video stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that is another story for another day. But I was just, I was all over the place. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. All I know is that I wanted to be an actress. I quit school. And, you know, the first thing actresses do when they want to quit school and they want to act and they want to find cast noses is go on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I wound up in a couple brothels, you know, in a couple oh. strip clubs and a couple of, you know, fetish movies. I didn't end up in them, but at the audition, I can clearly tell that it was something that was going to satisfy him and not me. So I wound up in some funny places. But back in the day, though, Craigslist used to have really good cast notices, like back in 2000s, 2001, 2, 3. Mm. They, you, you can find really good acting jobs on Craigslist. Now, not so you much. might not make it back. No. But back then, you could find some really good stuff on Craigslist. So that's where I was going first. And then, slowly but surely, when I got into the industry and started seeing how things work, da, 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 then that's when you, okay, I see what works and what doesn't. But in the beginning, I didn't have a plan. I was just happy to break free from that mental slavery like that I couldn't do anything because of what my parents and my grandmother mm-hmm, might say. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was just, I was ready. But yeah, I didn't have a plan. I just went to Craigslist. Yeah. That was it. But that happens too. You know, you do have to verbally say what you want to do, address it. And you might not initially have, okay, all right, now that I said this is what I'm going to do, this is all mapped out, da 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 this is in five months this, in two weeks this, and to the minute this is going to happen, yep. and then to a year this is going to happen. That's, you're not. not and even if you do, it's gonna, you're going to get checked. <laughs> and you're going to learn real quick that that's not going to happen. No. But you have to take time to get to know yourself. And it takes time. It takes time. Because I can't even say I didn't find myself until I was like, to be comfortable with who I am, I was like 27, mm-hmm. 28. Just like, okay, now I get me. Now I understand me. Now I'm full of me. Now mm-hmm. I'm happy with me. And no, nobody can change me and flip-flop me around because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, don't, don't be sad if you don't find yourself at 22. Don't be sad if you don't find yourself at 40. It's all in everyone's time. Mm-hmm. And not everyone goes through the same thing. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm blessed to have a very big support system as far as my family and um, my close friends or whatever and my best friend. So there, I wasn't really brought up in a lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. So someone who was probably brought up in negativity and told they can't do anything, you're ugly, you're stupid, or even abused, will probably take a little bit longer to find themselves. Mm -hmm. So I just say, don't even have a plan of when you need to find yourself. When you find yourself, you'll find yourself. Like, you'll know. And then you just go from there. Mm -hmm. So until then, enjoy the mistakes, even though sometimes they may not be fun. Enjoy picking yourself back up. Enjoy sometimes being broke. Enjoy sometimes being rich. It's just, that's just the struggles of life. And then, you know, when you finally settle in, you'll settle in and then you'll excel. That's true. That's it. I agree. Well, you know, that's, I just want to go ahead and, um, just because I was thinking about this just now, so I'm talking about uh, why you're a screamer. Because <laughs> well, I need to make sure people know why. Screamer. Yeah, so Tanitra is also a screamer. She's been cracking jokes, and she definitely will have you laughing. But she's also a screamer because she is the winner of Scream Queens first season. Old show. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Old show. Back in the back in. 2008. Yeah. Was it two, no, it was no. It was yeah, cuz I had no cuz I had I had my 20th birthday in the house. Oh, okay. I okay. Oh, dang. We taped it and I was gone I think I left at the end of June. Oh, no, maybe July. Cuz my birthday's August 15th and when I was in the house actually filming, they bought me a cake for my birthday. And I turned 28 in the house here. Oh, dang. It's so fun when you hear the years. It's like, dang. Yeah. I've known you since that long. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm like, that's been a minute. Yeah, so now with Scream Queens, just to talk about a little bit, so you guys who may not be familiar with the show, as if you're not, shame on you, <laughs> go watch Some it. people who are listening to this, Megan, we're probably in elementary. Uh, yeah, well, you forget how old I am, like. That's true. So just to give you guys a little recap about what Scream Queens, uh, the show itself, it's an acting reality show to find the next actress for Saw 6, uh, yeah, for Saw 6. And they do a variety of different challenges and acting exercises. You see them in classes. You, they, you see them living in a house. So this was a reality show based VH1. on VH1, based on talent. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many different reality shows now that will have, you know, real housewives. There's, you know, who wants to date so-and-so or whoever, you know. Yeah, The Bachelor. There's all these different reality shows that are out, but then there are also some that are based on, well, even Survivor. you got to do, do a skill. So with Scream Queens, it was an acting reality show, and the ultimate prize for this show was to gain or to have a part onto Saw 6. Not background, but a speaking part on... Speaking role. On Saw 6. And she did not die in a horror movie. And you know people of color die, and she lived. So with that, reality shows, I personally have not been on a reality show before, but the cameras are there 24-7 from what I have been told. They're rolling. <laughs> and they are rolling. And there are some things that are there that you aren't going to be able to see. So how do you think being on Scream Queens has helped you or hurt you in your acting career? Because granted, everybody's watching it, so people know... Who you are. And then for me, the winner is always the one that people know. So now you've won. Now what? What are your thoughts? Going back to that time. Oh, I've made it. 
now my career is going to start rolling and things are going to be happening for me. What happened? Okay, I'm going to start by saying this. Scream Queens was a blessing. Mm -hmm. And it put me in the eyes of a lot of people. Uh, it definitely got my name out there. But with that, you, you, it helps your life and it destroys your life at the same time. Because you get people who root for you and, you know, who are on your team and on your side and want to see you do good. And then there's the latter part where people hate you, they stalk you, they hack your email, they come up to you on the street. They know you, but you don't know them. And so it's like, it's like, it, it does both at the same time. It does propel you forward. And so you kind of cut out that middleman with having to, you know, audition, 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 you know. And then people know your name as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, be, being on a, a platform as big as VH1 and people watching it. And now you're in the household, you know, of like 10 million people and overseas because it was, you know, because I think VH1 is owned by Viacom. So mm -hmm. it played mm -hmm. everywhere. All, all, so I'm kind of like, I'm not, I mean, I'm never too my own home, but, you know, I'm kind of nationwide. I'm like, if you overseas... <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal, <laughs> but um, no, it helped my life. It helped and it and it hurt at the same time because um, when I when I first did when I did Scream Queens, um, I had never taken any acting classes. I hadn't even been anything. My resume, my acting resume, had my first name, my last name, my height, and my weight. Mm. I didn't have narrowed one credit, and if it was on there, I probably made it up. Mm. Those mm. acting classes I put on there. Them was like free workshops I took that I found in backstage West. Like you go and you sit in the class, you can audit the class, and you leave. Mm -hmm. Okay, I took the class. I was there. I was there. Like that was my stuff. So when I auditioned for the show and we found the my friend Bikini found the casting notice on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. We went to I went to the audition, booked it, booked it, booked it. I got all the way to network callbacks or whatever, and um, I ended up being on the show and everything happened so fast I couldn't grasp it like I noticed that I was everyone know I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was the only African American on the show mm -hmm. so that's like being a flying milk and of course to set the tone of the show they ask you questions and then they use those questions to kind of form your personality mm -hmm. so when I told them you know well I've never taken classes I just love to do this I just you know um, I, I hate to say the word self-taught, but I would just, you know, watch movies and do all that stuff. And I love musicals. I love black and whites. And I would just research people and watch the performances. And that's basically how I kind of learned. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I said, or I would take these little, like, free little funky classes and, you know, just to, do whatever I can get. And so they took that into, you know, oh, well, let's, you know, they, I was the underdog then. Mm -hmm. Because... The other girls, I know one of one of the girls, Mary Lindsay, she had her own show on Nickelodeon for like five years called Caitlin's Way. I don't know if you guys know Caitlin's Way, but that was on Nickelodeon for like five years, and she was the star of the show. And then another cast member, Michelle, um, who actually ended up being number two, she was the second runner-up. She, you know, had graduated from one of the conservatories in New York, and everyone there had been training. Lena, mm. uh, uh, did I call her Lena? Yeah, Lena, Lena So. Lena had been acting forever. She was already booking before she even got on screen queen. So everyone pretty much had a pretty extensive resume and was already working. And I was just like, oh, that's not 
a set. What's a set? You under real lights? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was my personality form because I hadn't done any of that stuff. So it was kind of like, I'm here. I'm going to do it. And there were times where I didn't believe in myself in that house. There, there was one time I was packing my stuff to leave because, you know, I'm nosy. You know, I'm always. And I was just seeing certain things. I'm like, no. That wasn't supposed to happen. And now realize that I'm on a reality show, so they have to do these things this way to make the show interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into, you know, and bust people's heads open, but, you know. So there was almost one time, Rob, I was packing my bags to leave. I was like, there's no way she won that challenge. There's no way. You know, but then it came to light where, you know, well, you couldn't win all the challenges. Because I won, I, I think I was, I think I won like four challenges yeah. out of the show or whatever. And... I know some challenges were given to other people so it wouldn't look like I was winning. Because if I kept, then it wouldn't be an exciting show because there's no up and down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, it was It was just, it was an eye-opener. And, of course, it turned to a racial issue. I was just about to ask you, how was that, that? That that was the hard part because it's like when you when you say, when you talk to people, when you tell them about your life or whatever, and it was the truth. Me growing up, you know, we didn't have a lot. Like, we weren't rich. Like, I didn't have, you know, we struggled a little bit, you know. So then that turned to, oh, a typical black on welfare. I didn't say we were on welfare. I just said we didn't have a lot of money. But then, you know, don't read the blogs. Don't read the blogs. But back to that. You know, oh, typical black, da, da, da. Or she's going to win because she's going to get the black sympathy because she's black. You know, she's only going to win because they feel sorry for her. You know, dumb mm-hmm. N-word. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like. I'm kind of talented, like, you know, and I think it is, it's just, it's just people just feel that they can't root for someone without thinking they have to hate someone else. If you root for Michelle, root for Michelle. That don't mean you have to hate Lena because you're rooting for her. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, you know, and it's, it's, it's just, you just, it just opens up a world of like nastiness and hurtfulness. And then it's just, I don't know. It, it was just, when I do another reality show, no, mm. I wouldn't. Just the privacy alone by itself and man I was away from my family for like seven weeks mm. we couldn't talk no email no phone no nothing and I'm close to my family like we all live within 10 or 15 minutes of each other I can walk to like have a family member's house so that's how close we are and to be gone for this seven weeks and that was the first time I had ever been away from my family on my birthday mm. on 28 years I was always on my family on my birthday and I was like depressed like depressed and it was just it was it was hard. It was hard being around people who didn't understand me or looked at me like the guinea pig and like, oh my god, you grew up in Duckerwood? Were you scared? No, I wasn't. It's where you grew up? Yeah, and it's just like, am I the am I the fun guinea pig here? Like, they're asking me questions not because they were inquisitive, but to cure that question of you know, oh, Inglewood's bad. We heard people get shot, or oh, you're black, so tell me about weaves and stuff like that. Mm. So you're not asking me because you're interested. You're asking me, you know, just is no, not all black people wear weaves, like. No, I don't eat chicken. I don't actually, I don't eat meat at all. Like, yeah, I like watermelon, okay, but so is everyone else. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so just was, because I'm not it, black doesn't mean yeah, I mean, like all this turn, black thing. Yeah, and it would turn into that, so let's ask her all the black questions. Let's see if it's true. Let's ask an actual black person, you know. And it was just like, really? Okay, whatever. But, but how did you feel? Okay, so that's from the girls. You know, obviously you're in the house, you're having this small talk. But what about from the crew? Because obviously you were saying that some people have to win the challenges, even though maybe in your opinion you're like, I don't see how that person won. I don't feel like she was the best one. Do you feel like the crew and everybody else kept it even keel for talent and saying, let's make this a fair race? Or is it like, oh, 
if we let Tanidra win, regardless about how talented you think that she is, if we make her the fact that she's black, if she wins, our ratings go up. Or maybe we cut her at the last minute and our ratings will go down. How do you feel about the how that was? Did you hear any of that kind of talk in the back about ratings or how certain people winning? Well, I know it was it was one of the things where a lot of people, a lot of the well, the crew and stuff would, would say like on the front like from the first or second challenge, we knew you were the most talented. But they knew it was out of their hands. Because what I didn't know was that when our challenges were being taped, people from Lionsgate were actually watching the tapes. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that each time our scene was filmed, it was shipped out that day to Lionsgate, and they were looking at it, and then they were deciding who would go in the bottom three. or It went something like that. So we had no clue about that. And then the judges, which was John Homa, um, and then Shawnee, of course, from all the song movies, and then John... I want to say John Legend. <laughs> if you didn't know, John Legend was a judge on Scream Queens. <laughs> Little known fact. Even for those um, who watched them, he was there not magically. John, <laughs> um, I'm not John Legend. And why, why can I not remember his name right now? Oh my God. But anyway, he did Guardians of the Galaxy. He directed, was that my stomach? I think he, so. he wrote uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and so um, directed it. Why? Why can't I remember his name? James Gunn. There you go. James Gunn. Um, um, yeah, they were the three judges. So, um, yeah, I I know that people were saying they thought they knew that I, w- I was going to win by the first or second episode. Mm-hmm. And I know some challenges were giving away to other people just to make it seem like I wasn't winning them all. And I got that afterwards. Mm-hmm. During, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, no, 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 no. Even if it wasn't me. And I know another actress did better. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Lindsay should have won that, hands down. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, and Mark Berg, um, who, I call him my white godfather, even though I haven't seen him in a bit. Um, Sweetest guy. Mark Berg is, like, you know, Charlie Sheen's manager and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he even said, I I knew you were going to win. He said, your Mm. talent was just unmarked, but unmatched. But, you know, doing a reality show, you can't. Let them know who the winner's going to be right in the beginning. At the very beginning. Yeah. Because no one's going to watch. And, and we put you through that stuff because it's a mental challenge as well. So we want to see you break down sometimes. And we want to see you triumph. And then, you know, to take people on the roller coaster with you and whatever. And I was like, well, I get it now. But I didn't appreciate it inside the house, you know. So, yeah, people came up to me and told me I thought we knew we were going to win. And there were, there were some crew in the house because the crew were, were not supposed to be able to talk to us at all. Mm-hmm. Like the crew crew, like lighting, sound, boom, whatever. They weren't supposed to talk to us. But they would sneak in and... Mm-hmm. So they would sneak in and slide their little snide remarks or whatever. And, and they're like, you're going to win because I need that bitch such and such. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks. You know, so blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I heard that afterwards. After we mm-hmm. taped. Well, while mm-hmm. we were taping, no, I didn't hear any of that. But after they, we taped, then they make everything clear about, like, why things happened. And that's how I found out that when we were mic'd and we're talking to each other, there's people that are writing down what we say to ask us questions when we go into our confessionals. Mm. Or, you know, and I'll be like, and I would, because I would go into a confessional and then they would say, oh, well, Tendra, you know, such and such said this and this and this, and then you said this. I'm like, did I say that? I did say that. How do you know? Like, you know, and that's what they were doing. They were writing down the things we were saying to ask us again later. And it catches you off guard, too, yeah. because if you think about it, when you send someone, I know, if I say something out loud or kind of like to myself or even a text message or just in the air, you never really realize until someone else brings it back up. 
to say, oh, you said that. Ooh, I did? Yeah. Like, Wait, what? Ooh. And they were finding out what your weaknesses were and kind of use that against you and stuff like that. Like, um, I remember, I guess they overheard either Lena said or Angela. I don't remember who. One of them said, like, the challenges weren't challenging enough or something like that. And so um, that's when one of our challenges became when we had to pretend that someone was chasing us and it was a fight or flight instance. Would you fight or would you, would you stay there and fight or would you just, you know, run away? And that's when we had to jump out that window. I forgot how many stories we grew up. Go to that big beanbag. And then mm -hmm. we got there. One of somebody said, one of the workers, the PA or was it the producer or somebody was like, Yeah, you guys said the challenges weren't challenging enough. Well, here you go. And I was like, Well, she said that in the room. She didn't say it to any of you guys. Mm. But they heard us because of our mics. Mm -hmm. So then that's when they made the whole beanbag situation or whatever like that. And we had to jump out the window. So you have to watch what you say because like I hate roaches. Like I hate bugs. And then down the line, what happened? We had that cockroach challenge where they had to dump those hundreds and hundreds of hissing cockroaches on us. Even though I told y'all. I, I don't, don't like, like roaches. Can we skip this one? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's a mental thing. And, and, and like I said, I get it now. But back then, I was like, really? Mm. So, it messes with you. And I think that's why I wouldn't do another reality show. Just the mental strain of it all. So what do you think of, because now there's so many reality shows that are out, I, mm -mm. but not even, like, they're not even, you know, like I said, there's the Real Housewives, there's, you know, who wants to be the next Dallas Cowboy cheerleader? You name it, they pretty much, Teen Mom, there's so many shows that are out there, but of course these people are now celebrities. They are you know, they're household figures that people know about in these different states, in Idaho, in South Dakota, in Montana, wherever. But they are now, outside of being celebrities, wanting to pursue acting. And some of them are making it, and now casting directors are booking them, and now they're working professionally. What are your thoughts about, like, these reality stars that aren't doing the, you know, taking it the approach that you did and went for a skill but they're going with, hey, if I do real love of somebody, that I can now be an actress. What, how do you feel about that? Because now some of these people are taking certain roles and getting cast. Um, I think I honestly, and, I, and someone's asked me this question before, and I say the same thing. Like, I can't hold them responsible for their success if we are making them successful. Mm-hmm. We, as the subscribers, as the people who watch this stuff, we make them famous. Nothing can, nothing can be, we can't be famous if we're not putting anything behind it. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're famous because we're watching them, because we want to see more of them, because we as people, sometimes we like a little drama. We like it, so if we see someone giving drama, we're going to gravitate towards that. So, I can't really blame them. They're providing a service that we tend to like. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even gonna lie, I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta. I watched I did too. Love and Hip Hop. You know, I, I, I watched these shows. I watched Teen Mom. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So if we weren't giving them the ratings, then they wouldn't exist. So we have to kind of look at ourselves and be like, and say, you know, what are we watching? Mm -hmm. Is this real life? And some of it is real life, but some of them you can tell is just over the top extreme. Mm -hmm. They're doing it for TV. But we're the consumer. So it's like, who can we really blame? I can't blame them for providing a service that we're eating up. 
so I just have to take it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't watch it and then complain about it. Like, I can't complain like, oh, you know, like I said, I watch uh, Housewives of Atlanta. NeNe Leakes is my girl. Oh, NeNe yeah. can do no wrong in my eyes. Sometimes I'm like, okay, NeNe, that was me. But you still my girl. Mm-hmm. I love NeNe. And, but she's I one. NeNe. Yeah. I watch NeNe. But I can't get mad now that she's on New Girl. Why? Because they're getting my ratings because of me. Mm-hmm. And I like watching her and I want to see more of her. So they know that. Now she's become a commodity. Now she's become a moneymaker for somebody and including herself. So now she's on New Girl. Guess what? I like her. I like her. I'm not New Girl. Sorry. Um, she's on Glee. She's on Glee. I was yes. going to say, I didn't know she was on and New Girl. New Normal. New Normal. Sorry. Okay. New, new Normal. When well, she got the New Normal and then she's on Glee. And I was excited to see her. And she was just a regular house mom in Atlanta. But because I consumed her on television. She blew up. I can't be mad at her. If I wasn't watching her and other means wouldn't watch her, she wouldn't succeed. It's true. It's very true. So I can't be upset. I can just say, hey, you got on that show. You provided drama that I wanted to see. You blew up because of it. Hey. And I think for people that do that, just be aware and know the type of what you're being perceived. Well, if you me, sign up for it, right. you know, that's you need to hone and take responsibility for that. Like, for example, you know, I'm an AK and, you know, the show Sorority Sisters has been canceled. Now, I have not heard, you know, from her mouth to my ears, but from what I've been told that she said, one of the girls said, oh, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about or that it was about my sorority. But I said, well, the name of the show is Sorority Sisters. So if you're using that as your brain, like if you're talking about it, then you need to know how you're carrying yourself and that you're representing that sorority. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable. If you if you choose to do reality and be in any kind of reality show, know that you're going to be showed in various different lights that you may or may not, you know, want to be seen. But accept that. Mm-hmm. You need to accept the fact that whatever qualities you have are going to be heightened or diminished in a reality show. And if that's you if you make that decision because everybody has free will. Right. You chose to be on, you know, Love and Hip Hop. You chose to be a housewife. You chose that as your path to get to your, further your goal, your dream in whatever aspect. That's your choice. Yeah. What bothers me, is it doesn't bother me that um, a lot of these reality stars book roles and, you know, they uh, are basically getting more roles than people who have worked. I can't really blame them for that because they go off of the road. I get first I get frustrated when casting directors and producers choose them because of that over someone who's definitely more talented. Mm-hmm. They'll choose a Nene Leaks because she's Nene Leaks over someone who's been acting for 13 years has have all these credits and IMDb is just off the chain and but it's maybe not as popular as Nene. But Nene will get it even though she's not as talented mm-hmm. as this other lady. That's the part that bothers me. And I can't fault Nene for that. Again, it's the people who want to make their money. They know Nene is a money maker. People are going to watch. They want the ratings. And everyone's happy and paid. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to at, at, at the end of the day. So it's like that's the only part that bothers me. That's the bottom if they get the roles is that sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll give it to someone who's not as deserving and someone else who was way more talented. And even people who aren't big, there are some people who are neighborhood, you know, well, they call it um, neighborhood popular, where mm. they might be popular in one race. Like, maybe a lot of African-Americans may know them, but the world doesn't know them. Or maybe a lot of, you know, Caucasians may know this one person, and, but not the, the world doesn't know them. 
mm-hmm. and they'll go in for an audition. And you know, now casting directors are checking Twitter, your Twitter mm-hmm. followers, your Instagram followers, and all this, and how many people follow you on Facebook or whatever. And if I go in for an audition, I'm not popular on Instagram. I have like 1,600 followers on Instagram. Twitter, I have 2,000. I go in, kill my audition. This girl who's neighborhood famous, not she doesn't, she's not known by the world, but a couple people know her. She might have 10,000 followers. She'll book it because she has 10,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Not because she's more talented than me. But because I only have 2,000 and she has 10. So what would you recommend for people that are similar to you and that have, or maybe even less, maybe they have like 50? I don't recommend anything. Just keep going because that's keep. how you're saying. That's how your hands. You can't control that. Mm-hmm. You can't control how many followers you have. I just say don't do things that aren't genuine to get followers because then you're going to have to keep it up. Mm-hmm. And if it's not you, that's the hard part. Because the real you is going to come through eventually. Mm-hmm. So I just say just stay true to yourself. Be happy with your 150 followers, 200 followers, 2,000 followers. Be happy with it and just keep building your brand. You'll get there, but don't go. Don't start doing anything that's not you because then you're going to be responsible for it. Because that's mm-hmm. what people are going to be comfortable with. And then the minute you try to change, they're going to be like, uh-uh. This ain't who I subscribe to. You can't try to change now that you got the followers. Like, yeah, I'm going to act like this. I'm going to act like a damn fool. Do-do-do-do. And then we get 12,000 followers. Now I want to be myself. That ain't going to no. work. That's not going to work. So just be you. And if it takes you two, three years to get your 10,000 followers, at least you got them honestly. And you're not going to lose them because you're going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to change. Some people get followers and then they, then they want to go back. Well, I'm not like this. Like some girls... The Instagram followers taking bikini pictures and showing their butts all the time, this, this, and this, and they get those followers, and then when they want to change, and I want to put clothes on, God is love, Jesus Christ, people are like, girl, the other day you were butt naked. I want the butt naked girl. Exactly, and it's hard to go back. It's hard to change when you're in the light like that. So just just keep doing what you're doing honestly and do it genuinely, and you'll get there. And I think whatever, whatever is meant for you will be. Exactly. No one can stop your blessing. Yeah, I have a friend of mine, and I don't even think he's on Instagram. I know he's not on Twitter. Uh, maybe he just joined Instagram and has, like, five followers. I don't know. or may- <laughs> I don't know. You know, but... And he's very talented. And someone saw the fact that he is talented, and he booked something. He got a, a, a co-star, guest star. Hopefully he's listening to this, and I'll get you on here one day. But... <laughs> <laughs> But I found out, and remind me the date, but um, I'll text you that later. <laughs> I'm talking, I feel like I'm doing what you're doing like, earlier. Like, I'm talking like it's a phone. Like, I, I, like I want a response back. So. But, yeah, and he got the credit because he was talented. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was meant for him, it, it was meant for him to have it, because obviously he already mm-hmm. had the role. But if whatever has happened for you, it'll happen regardless about how many followers. Now, still you know, go in that route to gain followers mm-hmm. or gain people to start looking at you because you need to keep up and say, hey, this is how people are looking at stuff, so let me go ahead and... But be true to you. You know, you don't want to become who you are, like change and say, oh, wait, oh, I got a little shape now. I'm going to go ahead and do my booty shots and that's going to give me some followers because that's not who you are. Don't live but if you likes. are a booty showing chick, I mean, do you show your booty. Don't live for the likes. Yeah, I'll get sometimes now I'll post maybe a picture of me in a bikini and then the next 10 or 12 pictures is probably me eating a Twinkie, a picture of some grits. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's me. I know Tanisha eats grits. I know Tanisha and, likes Twinkies. And Tanisha hides Twinkies in my bed because I remember. <laughs> I had two Twinkies. I gave her, John, a midnight snack. I put two. I put a Twinkie under his pillow and a Twinkie under her huh. pillow, and I hope that they were shared together. But she missed that. I was trying to get her laid. She missed huh. it. So whatever. I won't be doing her no more favors. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, I like the favors. Okay, it was I did a little video. It's on my Instagram. So yeah, don't live for yeah. the likes. Just, True. Just, just, just live for you. And also, I want to say this too to anybody who's in entertainment, or if you just have a regular nine to five where you work in a call center or whatever. Da da. Don't think because you withhold information that you're stopping someone from reaching their destiny because it's not gonna happen. If you see something that you think can work for someone else, tell them. Because your blessing could be in their progression. Mm -hmm. Some people think that, oh, well, if I don't tell this person about this audition or this job opening or this promotion or this this, they're not going to do better than me. And so I'm, I'm going to still be comfortable because they're not doing better than me. That's, that's not true. And that's bad karma. Mm -hmm. Now, I can only speak for me in, being in the entertainment industry as far as acting. I'm, I'll text anybody, email anybody, like, oh, I found this casting. It ain't going to work for me, but I think it might work for you. Here you go. I'm not going to look at the casting and be like, oh, that might be perfect for Megan. But shoot, I ain't going to send it to her because I don't want her to book it and then be better than me. I'm not going to do that because if that booking is for her and I send it to her and she books it and if she gets there, they're like, hey, Megan, do you know somebody that's, that's funny, brown skin, da-da-da-da, who might she call? I'm going to call you. Me. So then there's my blessing and your blessing. Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? So... Don't think that if you withhold something from somebody that it's going to stop them from being better than you because it goes back to what Megan said. What's for you is for you. And you withhold it, it's, it's not going to mean that they're not going to be greater. It's not They're not going to be great or anything like that. So don't bring that karma to you. Help your brother. Help help the next person because they might just pull you up too. Mm -hmm. So please don't be afraid to share information no matter what industry you're in. Don't be afraid to share information. Mm-hmm. Let's build each other up. Amen. Build yes. each other up. Now, after you're done building, and we've built each other, you sent me this audition, and now I've booked it, and now I got you on. What is your ultimate success for you in this business? Where do you feel like I have, maybe not necessarily made it, but I am in a great place in my career, and I am happy, and I'm able to do the things that I want to do? What is success for you? Honestly, success for me is not having to work a job. Mm -hmm. To work the job that I want, which is acting. To wake up every day and drive to a lot, say, hey, Frank, the security guy, who's going to let me in mm -hmm. and park my car, and I'm going to go to set, and I'm going to act. Not clocking into a job and clocking out, going home, doing this, and then clocking out. No, clocking into the job that I want, which is acting 24-7, all day, every day, nothing but. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, volunteering, you know, volunteer work and, you know, stuff like that, doing stuff for other people, not just yourself. But that that is my ultimate success. When I don't have to have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. I can eat and clothe myself off of my dream. I can help others off of my dream. And that's it for me. I don't have to have a house. I don't have to have a BMW, nothing like that. But when I can say, when they say, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an actress. And I'm, I'm telling someone this while I'm at my job. That is my success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to Sony right now. Sorry, yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> going to Sony. I'm going to Sony. Sorry, I'll see you later. Oh, maybe not Sony. Oh, yeah. Don't go. <laughs> maybe not Sony. Let's try Warner Brothers. Yeah, go to Warner maybe Brothers not, instead. Maybe not Sony. Maybe, you know, huh. I don't think they like us too much. They're not fond maybe, of us. Yeah, maybe not Sony. Maybe Warner Brothers. I don't yeah. know. Give yeah. yeah. Sony some years. Yeah, that's, my, they, that's, mm -hmm. that's my success. Living my dream completely. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing, nothing really material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing really material. I'm monetary. So what are you doing now that's getting you towards that? Towards that ultimate goal? 
Are you working on, you know? I'm working on everything. Mm-hmm. Because last year I took a for real break. Like a for real mental break, acting break. Like I would do little things here and there. Things that I was already booked on, I did that. Like the show Black Boots. Mm -hmm. I was already doing that. And then I did an episode with um, of Tammy Max, Bad Lady. And um, I shot a feature called Urban Love Story. Um, Reggie Gaskins and DeAndre Lyle. Um, so things I was already working on, I completed them. But I didn't take on any new projects. And that's because I had to take the time to figure out how I wanted to be packaged, what I wanted to do, and set the map for me to complete those goals. Because I was all over the place. Mm -hmm. I was all over the place. But nowhere at the same time. So, ah, oh, man. Uh, 2014, I let kind of slip away. It just left. And so now in 2015, I have my list of goals and I make sure I scratch at least one of them off with my car situation. I'm about to have that back and that's about to open up a world of things for me. I finally decided to join the union. I'm not going to let that slip anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm headed towards that. I've also decided this year that I'm not going to work for free. Ooh. I'm not going to do it. If you believe in the project and it's non-paying, but you believe in the story, believe absolutely take the job. I'm not saying like anyone who mm -hmm. offers something. I'm like, if it's a pay, then I'm not doing it. No. There are times. There are times where you're like, oh, I love this. I understand you guys aren't. You know, you guys don't have the money, but this story needs to be told. Mm -hmm. I'm on board. But sometimes people take advantage of that, especially when you have a relationship with them. Mm. They expect they expect you to work because you're the friend. Oh, you my friend. Oh yeah, she'll do it for free. And then, and it's hard to sometimes separate business from friendships because friendship gets ruined because of business. Because you don't want to do that free work. You don't want to do that free play. You don't want to do, and it's like, you have to, you have to consider the time I'm putting in. Especially with theater. I love theater. That's always going to be my first love. I mm -hmm. love theater. I'm sorry. But I mean, theater takes work. Rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Traveling. Most of the time, you have to provide your own wardrobe, which means you might have to go out and buy a few pieces. And you're not getting any kind of reimbursement. So it's going to be up to you to discern whether, is this going to be worth my time? Yeah, I have to do all this and devote all this time, maybe take some days off work. But will this catapult me and help me? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I, I realized last year that I wasn't, I wasn't holding people responsible for helping me. I'm in your play because I'm your friend. And you asked me to do it. You believed in my talent. Okay. I'll be a part of your play. But who's in the audience to see me? Who are you putting in the audience to see me? You don't have to be embarrassed to ask those questions. I'm, I'm glad your auntie came to your play. I'm glad your grandma came. Your, do your grandma know somebody in NBC? Mm, amen. Do you understand what I'm mm. saying? So sometimes you just have to be like, you my friend. I understand that. And I see that you're struggling. And I know everybody had to start from somewhere. But after this, after this is said and done, what do I have? I don't have, I, I can't, I have nothing to show. For that. Now, when I did for Color Girls and you and Dre came to see me or whatever, that was that was the longest play of my life. Mm. That was six months of rehearsals, four days a week, from 6 a.m. to 12 noon. And some people had to come back for double days, come back at 7 to 10. Not paid. We got $100. Oh, okay. But, but $100 for five and a half months of rehearsal, and we had eight shows every Saturday. So $100 flat for the entire thing? Flat for the entire time. Oof. But people were in the seats to see us. 
the NAACP, the NAACP Theater Awards came out, and our and our and our and our cast was nominated. Two of my friends got awards. Tiffany Snow won Best Supporting Actress, <coughs> and um, another one of my uh, friends in the play, she won Best Lead Actress. Hmm. We got we got Best Ensemble, Best. So you know, so, and and that and going being to that awards helped me to um, mingle with people, mm. other people, and I got to meet. Um, the owner of the Roby, uh, not the owner of the Roby Theater, one of the, um, the person on board at the Roby Theater, um, I can't think of his name right now, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it opened doors for me to meet other people, and I made other connections, so it worked out for me in the end, and I did meet people who I ended up shooting features for, and shooting films for, from that, mm. so you have to just, just, you know, decide, what is this going to do for me in the end, am I just doing this so my friend can get recognition on her great writing, and that's great, so don't be afraid to say, what can you do for me? I'm doing this for you. What can you do for me? You're not providing any pay. You're not providing costume wardrobe. So what else can you do? Can you promise me you can get at least a couple people in these seats to see me? Because some people don't do that. Yeah, you have to figure out why you're doing certain yeah, things. Yeah, you do. And I didn't, I, I didn't realize that. I was just doing work just to be doing the work so I could say that I was doing something when someone asked. You know, people, oh, the first question someone asks an actor, so what are you doing what now? What are you doing now? I think that is the worst question you can ask, ask an actor. I, I, I hate it. I'm just like... Because you don't want to say nothing. You don't want to say, oh, right now, nothing. So I'm just taking a word. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Was really worth a shit. It's make it count. Make it worth it. Is it worth your time? Is it worth your energy? Are you, should you even be doing oh, yeah. that? Because at the end of the day, you can't get it back. You did this show and it's lame. Or there's someone's auntie who's cool, she's funny. Oh my god, her auntie even brings cookies afterwards and you got a nice soft chocolate chip cookies. But her auntie can't do anything for you except bake cookies. Now I don't wanna be in that show. Now if I if I'm bored, if I just need something to do and I'm like, Hey, I love doing this and I like her cookies. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it for the cookies. Mm -hmm. Be honest. But don't just do it just to do it just because you needed something to do. Right. And just because, yeah, you want to display your friend, your friend's work, but I mean, like I said, one hand has to wash the other. Now, there's a guy that I worked with, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people know. If you don't, his name is uh, Don B. Welch. You know Donald Welch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He does theater. He puts out five plays a year. That may be worth it. But Donald pays his actors, one. And two, he gets people in those seats. Mm-hmm. He gets production companies to come out. Directors, producers, writers, agents in those seats. So even if he wasn't paying, your money's still in the audience. Mm-hmm. Because you have people coming from network television and uh, like Divergent and all these other, all these companies, Tridestin, all these producers and writers are coming out and seeing this stuff. And his people book work. So even if they wasn't paying, I still might book a job in this audience because someone's watching me. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you just have to figure out is it worth it. Yeah, and why, and don't just do something just to do it. No matter how hard it is, I know us actors we want to be busy and we want to always be working, but you can have a whole bunch of nothing mm-hmm. on your resume. I want something people can recognize, mm-hmm. even if it's only four credits. At least they say Criminal Minds, Glee, whoever, New Normal, CSI. But you know what they are. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna be, you know, Mama went to the kennel part two. Who ate my cookie? Yeah, 3D. Jesus saved me. Exactly. You know, it ain't gonna be a whole my couch, your couch. Exactly. It ain't gonna be a whole bunch of nothing. Mm-hmm. So just make it count. I don't know. I got my dogs floating. Oh, around. he's over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, we could just chat this up forever. 
And let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I will say, oh, where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram. Shout those out so we know what's going on. Oh, go ahead. Dang Tanidra. <laughs> Yeah, that was just uh, going on. It's on Instagram. So if you guys need a laugh uh, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, any day, go to Instagram, watch Dang Tanisha. I'm just going ahead and support now Instagram. already. Yeah, yeah. Instagram pages. My comedy Instagram is, is at Dang, D A N G, Tanisha, T A N E D R A. And that page is where I post only videos, only comedy videos. Because I hate, I will post them on my personal page, but it's hard, you know. To, to post videos on there, people have to keep scrolling through your regular pictures trying to find your videos. So I just separated. So Dang Tanidra, all my comedic videos. My normal Instagram is at Tanidra Howard. That's my Instagram. And also my I have the Twitter at Dang Tanidra. And um, my Twitter name is um, what is it? Oh, uh, Tanidra loves to act. I think that's what it is. And loves to spell you know L U V S. You know I gotta go. You gotta be fancy. Yeah. Tanidra loves, oh, the number two at ACT on Twitter. The tweet. And Facebook? You want to? Everybody's on Facebook. I don't know the URL. You don't really use it? I don't know my URL. You know how people can get Oh, your okay. URL. I think it's. Well, you could type your name. Yeah, just type in Tanidra Howard. She doesn't have like Big Booty T or. No. Or, <laughs> or like Tanidra, I'm reading these scripts, Howard. I don't Because you know people do that. Yeah. And then you can't find them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But yeah, I am on Facebook. I just don't know the URL. I need to find out what it is. Yeah, I don't know if mine is actually... I wanted it to be my name. Yeah, I don't But know. I think for Facebook... Lately, I've just been... You just search my name and it just pops up. So, yeah. So, that's um, all the info to go find. Wikipedia. Oh, oh, that's right. Actually, you just... Weird. I have a Wikipedia. I always think it's cool when people have a Wikipedia. It's like... It's I, cool. Yeah, somebody else had to tell me. Oh, you I'm didn't like, know? No. Listen. I, I tell people now since doing screen clean... You should Google yourself at least once every two months. Mm-hmm. Because I Google myself maybe three or four, every three or four months, and something new always pops up. Always pops up. Yeah, Wikipedia is, well, IMDb is the first, and then Wikipedia, and then your Twitter, and then uh, Saw, or Scene, I guess you're talking about it. Yeah. Oh, and my YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, your YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that has all my comedic stuff on it, and it is called um, Forever Tanidra mm-hmm. TV. That is Forever, no, no funky spellings. They're no accents. Forever, yeah. Forever Tanidra TV. That is my YouTube channel. Subscribe. I have full skits on there, sketches, if you want to check those out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yes, we are clapping as party of two. My dogs are just kind of laying like, oh, okay, I don't know what just happened. Well, thank you guys for listening to Miss Tanidra Howard. You can find me on Twitter at Bacon, Eating Megan. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll explain the story to you guys real quick. I used to babysit this little girl, and she was trying to say my name. She was like, Bacon, Bacon. And her dad was like, I said, wait, why does she want bacon? It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and her dad said, no, she's trying to say Megan, but she can't. Bacon. So she was screaming bacon. And she's probably like, oh, my gosh, she's like 10 now, 12 now, something oh, like that. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it flies by. And I was babysitting her ever since she was like a baby baby. And I was still young, too. But anyways, yeah.
My dog is living it up right now. <laughs> love he it. Like He's like, yes, keep rubbing me, keep rubbing me. And my Instagram, Megan A. Weaver, M-E-G-A-N-A Weaver. And on Facebook, Megan Weaver. You can uh, pop up, my picture will pop up, hopefully, and you'll see there. And my oh, person. Yeah, this is going to be that. That's it. And then I have a fan page, too. Same thing for Facebook. That is it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time on Life Water Wine with Megan Weaver. I almost butchered my own title, my own thing. <laughs> Clearly, this is still new, but we're going to get this. Water Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Life, love, and entertainment. Thank you. Bye. Bye.